Hello and welcome to M6 Pit Stop 5 in 5 the podcast. My name is Erica and I'm here with Mr Richard Lane. Hello Richard. Hello Erica, how are you? I'm good. Please could you introduce yourself by telling us what surgical specialty you do and why I should do it? Certainly. So I am a general surgeon and I specialise in um, hepatobiliary and pancreatic surgery. And you should absolutely choose HBB <laughs> as a specialty because it is by far... Um, uh, the the best surgical specialty um, for multiple reasons. Um, primarily, where we operate, we operate in areas where uh, other surgeons generally stay away from. Um, we operate on a, a in a part of the body which is is referred to as the surgical soul. Okay. Pr- primarily because of the the big blood vessels around the the pancreas. And um, there's a really good mix of benign pathology and and uh, cancer surgery. And uh, yeah, it's it's fantastic. So Brilliant. So building on that. What's your favourite operation to perform and why? I think probably um, a Whipple procedure or a um, uh, you know modified Whipple, which is a, a pylorus preserving pancreatic duodenectomy. And I think really because of the anatomy, um, it's a, a fantastic operation to be a part of. Very complex at times, um, quite high risk but but high reward. And um, uh, you know the hope is to uh, cure patients of a really horrendous uh, disease a lot of the time. So yeah, that's probably my my favourite operation. Okay. And what's your favourite surgical instrument to use? Favourite instrument? Um, probably the one we use as HBB surgeons the most is is the Leahy, um, which is a, a mm-hmm. four-set dissector. Um, and it was, you know, designed by a, a really eminent general surgeon called Frank Leahy from Boston. Okay. And um, we use it quite a lot uh, in, in the sort of operations that we do. So, yeah, probably probably couldn't live without the Leahy. Nice. And what colour surgical shoes do you wear and why? Um, why? Uh, well, I've got um, blue Crocs. Well, they look like Crocs. Um, and uh, the reason they're blue is because that's what was handed to me off the shelf. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Brilliant. Thanks for getting letting us get to know you. Um, we'll move on to our five questions if that's okay, okay great. now. Okay, great. Let's go. Yeah. You only have five minutes to answer right. these. Okay. We will see. The, the listeners can see if this actually takes five minutes or not. Okay. So our topic today is cholangitis. Right. So can you tell me what is cholangitis? Uh, so cholangitis is a an infection of the biliary tract um, and uh, it's um, affects about I would say two to three percent of patients with gallstone disease and, mm-hmm. and gallstones affect about uh, 15 to 20 percent of the population mm-hmm. and it's generally uh, triggered by an obstruction of the biliary tract um, either by a gallstone most commonly or by an obstructing cancer of the distal bile duct or the pancreatic head and uh, really, the um, the obstruction causes a back pressure uh, mm-hmm. in what is normally a low pressure system, and um, you get bacterial overgrowth. And uh, the bacteria, uh, which is normally present in the bile, which normally doesn't cause a problem because yeah. you've you've got um, various immunoglobulins and uh, factors um, that that fight infection. Um, the obstruction and the back pressure uh, causes the the, uh, the the bacteria to. Uh, get into the bloodstream and, and cause cause sepsis. So cholangitis is generally, um, uh, you, you know, causes pain, um, a fever, uh, and jaundice in patients. So it's okay. it's generally um, uh, you see a patient with this so-called triad, Charcot's mm-hmm. triad, um, and it can be a very very serious infection uh, and is life threatening in patients with lots of comorbidities and, and elderly elderly frail patients. Um, so it's 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 an important condition to know about as a as a uh, junior doctor um, and as a medical student. Um, you have to know how to manage it and when to uh, recognise it. Okay, so building on the management, mm-hmm. 
If I were your junior, what are the most important blood tests that you need to assess and then to manage cholangitis as a consultant? That's a good question. So I think um, the most important blood test in managing these patients would be a full blood count um, to check for your uh, white blood cells and check for infected markers, mm -hmm. um, other raised inflammatory markers like CRP, C-reactive protein. Um, which is a very sensitive but non-specific marker of infection or inflammation. Um, and then you'd want to look for your liver function tests mm -hmm. um, to see whether there was any derangement of those. Um, and they're probably the most important along with blood cultures. So if you have someone who is uh, possibly septic or is having a surge response, uh, you want to be able to uh, do some blood cultures in order to check what uh, pathogens are, the, are responsible and, and so you can treat them accurately with uh, the appropriate antibiotic. Okay, so are there certain bugs which are commonly found in cholangitis or is it whatever grows? There are uh, sort of more common bugs. Mm -hmm. um, uh, the most common are your sort of uh, gram-negative bacilli, um, E. coli, Klebsiella and um, uh, your Enterobacter. Um, they're probably the most common pathogens and then there are some gram-positive cocci, your enterococcus, which uh, also um, occur in about 15 to 20% of cases. But most commonly, it's E. coli and Klebsiella. They're the most okay. common pathogens um, that you would see. So Okay. And just bringing you back to blood tests, mm -hmm. I've heard a lot about obstructive LFTs. Can you tell me a bit about what that actually means? Yeah, sure. So um, generally, the pattern of the LFTs will tell you whether there's one of two things going on the liver test deranged because there's a blockage of the biliary system mm -hmm. um, or is this a, a, a hepatitic picture or hepatitis where there's actual damage to the liver cells themselves and so the two patterns you'll see is in your obstructive picture you'll see a, an elevation in your alkaline phosphatase mm -hmm. your gamma gt and your bilirubin and 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 the alkaline phosphatase and gamma gt they're enzymes which are concentrated around the portal triad uh, <clears throat> in your liver tissue and and so when there's an obstruction of the biliary system um you get an elevation in those uh, in those enzymes if you have a um a hepatitic picture um maybe because of liver ischemia or some form of viral hepatitis you'll see an elevation in your AST and ALT mm -hmm. and they're concentrated in a in a slightly set different uh, area in a different zone um and so you'll have an elevation in them now um, you can get a mixed picture so if yeah. you have a severe biliary obstruction and, mm -hmm. and sepsis you may well normally see a rise in your ALT as well mm -hmm. um, but um, but that's what you're sort of looking for is what sort of pattern are these LFTs um, uh, deranged by is it an obstructive pattern is it a hepatitic pattern or is it a mixed picture okay brilliant and then moving on to the management I've heard a lot about ERCP MRCP can you tell me the difference and when you would use each one yeah sure so um, MRCP is is just a pure investigation there's mm -hmm. no intervention there ERCP, uh, by definition, is an investigation, but you can then go on to do various interventions. Mm -hmm. um, you would normally uh, do an MRCP if there was any form of still uh, diagnostic uncertainty. Okay. So you've got your LFTs, you've done your ultrasound, it's not really helping you. There's a bit of biliary dilatation, but you can't see why. Mm -hmm. So you'd then maybe go on to do an MRCP to see whether this was a stone or a biliary stricture or a pancreatic head mass. Um if the ultrasound gives you the answer, mm -hmm. along with the clinical signs and the and the blood tests, then you don't necessarily need to get an MR. You can then probably go straight to ERCP, um, and then you would be able to try and resolve the blockage either with a stent or do a balloon trawl and clear a stone and uh, after a sphincterotomy. Um, the other time you might want to do an, uh, an ERCP is by is if if the patient's so sick, mm -hmm. um, you need to get to an intervention quickly in order to relieve the obstruction. 
Okay, brilliant. Well, thank you so much. That's our five questions answered. How was our time? Did we? Uh, did well, we'll have to find out in the record, <laughs> won't we? Um, so thank you for your time today. We Thanks. may have to chop it into yeah, five minutes no if we've problem. gone over. Yeah, cut it down. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> to anyone listening, please can you submit any further questions you've got to our Instagram page and we will get the team and or Mr. Lang to answer them. And join us next time on M6 Pit Stop 5 in 5. Thanks so much for listening. Thank brilliant. you. Thanks, bye. Bye.